everybody, it's Pierre, and welcome back to the Super Combo Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by our host, Chris of UniX. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Been uh, doing a lot of testing, kind of getting the swing of things. Took a couple day break from uh, making Dragon Ball Super content uh, just to kind of refresh the wheels, but it is good to be back on here. Fellow content creator, world's best U7 Gohan player, and uh, resident friend to my good old pal, Espy. I love it. I'm happy to be here. Happy to start off the week, sort of, with another podcast. Let's go. Wow, you're shooting all the bullets with that intro, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why did I have to go down with it? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like you drawing attention to it just makes it worse. And uh, if anybody got anything to say, come see me. Come see me on Untap. Come see me on webcam. No, but um, for real, I just, I, I'm just having fun. <laughs> i mean i find this is you know what we're aiming to have especially since now uh the format's now available to us now uh the ban list has been announced or released or announced it's, it's not officially released until the uh, s- uh official release of the next set but uh on february 4th they did shoot it off uh, i managed to actually get my video out really early because it just so happened to be the one morning where i didn't prep my stuff for work the day before so I actually had to get out of bed when my alarm told me to and actually like snap caught my discord talking about the bands, which had me like jump on and make the video. But um, uh, obviously we're going to dig more into it. And, and that's our biggest topic for today is just the ban list. And then we'll do the uh, SC mailbag afterwards. So it's the biggest thing. It's the only real thing to talk about because now at least we have a full picture. And um, I, I, I think I said it succinctly in my uh, ban list video and we can go in depth here. I think 50% of it is absolute fire and exactly what the format needed. And then the other half is kind of ass. And I'm <laughs> I, I'm very confused as to where the... F- well, I'm not confused as to where the focus was for this ban list. But I don't necessarily agree with all the choices. See, I feel like when it comes to this ban list, Bandai was playing it very, very, very safe. Because um, they, the only thing, like, all right, we, I think we said it before, despite how much we bitch and complain about yellow, last format with yellow being not tier zero, but I'd say like definite tier 0. 0.75 or tier 0. 0.50. Like, I think that, yes, if you're playing yellow, you just had to have a functioning brainstem and practice well, and you weren't losing to a lot more of the game. However, uh, yellow versus yellow was a very, very, very skill intensive format, and so or skill intensive uh, matchup. So I think with this ban list, Bandai punched what we would most of us would call cancerous. And uh, this part is something I do have to kind of comment on. The banning of Cell Surge is kind of wild because Cell Surge kept slower control decks at bay. Because those those decks don't function off of two, three cards in hand at a time. They need to have their book of uh, defense and uh, reactive measures at the ready. And this is going to be what allows them to, you know, screw over your plays, keep themselves alive, but also eventually, you know, whittle you down to the point where you don't have the assets to defend yourself against their bombs. Uh, Cell Surge, while people definitely hated Cell Surge as a color or as a uh, deck, Cell Surge wasn't a de facto tier zero deck. Uh, and that shows because if you weren't named Jordan Markle, you really weren't getting too many tops with it. Like, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm really, it was almost like a Jordan nerf more than a Cell Surge nerf. But like the deck, 
you could side into options that made the deck almost irrelevant. Like notice that PPG Tampa, Cell Surge didn't hit the top cut because people were just like, nope, ain't gonna happen. Like I got my dabs, I got my monkeys, and it just, it was not a good environment for it. But I feel like Cell Surge, as much as I complained about it, was a lot like Vegeta OTK, King Vegeta OTK to me. It was like a deck where, what? yes, it could feel toxic, but there are cards you can use to prepare for it. There are cards you can main deck to make the matchup easier, but did everybody want to run Self-Awakeners? No. Did everybody want to run more aggressive plays in their main board because they didn't want to run into a deck that would tear them apart before they got to their mid game? No. Did every Icarus player want to play Scion or whatever it was to spit out two vanillas and start punching your opponent in the dick? No. So we kind of just said it was like AIDS. That's I mean, I mean, because it was. It, it, like, it was AIDS. Definitely. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's, it's a gatekeeper deck to the point of, I think, and here's the thing. Maybe, it, like, I, I think a lot of people are very much on board with saying, uh, and, and we haven't actually said about it, so for anyone who's not aware, the ban list, um, Cell Search got banned. But, um, oh, yeah, so, <laughs> but, um, but I think the big thing is just like, and like, I understand people's counterpoints that they say, you know, all we need is another activate main draw leader to effectively be in another uh, cell search situation, which I don't think is a hundred percent true. I think cell had a lot that lends itself well to that strategy, but nevertheless, it's the same idea. And I guess hitting a lot of the more key hand destruction cards that would make hand destruction not feel as bad, but still let it be prevalent like I would get. But there are a lot of decks that just actually can't afford to run the cards you're talking about, right? Like against like King Vegeta, there are in color cards that I can run that kind of floodgate my opponent out of the game or can boost my opponent out of, or even like a protector of the people at the end is just an additional negate, you know, but I, I, I can't, most main decks can't main board like hand destruction hate without like sure. severely hurting their game plan against other decks. I look, I I'm simple. All right. I feel like you can either play aggressive strats or your deck has the room to run monkey in it. I, I just, I, I don't know. Just, <laughs> if you can't play monkey, you can probably fit some one-drop double strikers in your deck. It's probably built that way. And if you can't play those one-drop double strikers, if it does nothing for you, chances your or your deck is slow enough to play monkey. But I know I definitely get what you say. It's a lot harder to play just small little techs to outsell surge because ain't nobody trying to manage a boring best of three like I just say nobody. though i will say though i am slightly surprised that this well actually this may be just because it's not an official format yet but i am surprised that this comes on the heels of our first tournament that's going to be best of one-sided and i'm not gonna lie like i know they have said this isn't our official format for op yet and they want to see how it is i get they want to test it which is like fair, but I think it is honestly going to be the way they're going to continue with the game forward, especially seeing as like online regionals are probably not going anywhere this year. Um, and like, like you said, like, especially not only in the PPG tournament, did we see Cell Surge not top, but Cell Surge is especially going to have a much harder time in a world where you can just pre-side into your sideboard hate. Um, so I am, I am, I am a little surprised that they went that far on it, but also I think this might be like a 50 50, just like, half of it's maybe parallel and the other half is just player experience and i think a lot of people really dislike losing to this deck i mean i i even had a stream where i played against a cell surge opponent as janemba and the entire game i was on my phone like i was kind of making a bit out of it but it's because like by turn three i lost my entire hand and i knew that's all i was because my leader like swings mills two and then passes right so 
Now, I, I understand part of this because I'm running Janemba, <laughs> but nevertheless, right? Like it's, I, I think part of it is user experience and the other half might be just like quote unquote power level. But I, I am slightly shocked because we are going to jump into best of one pre-sided. And I think that meta is like incredibly different to decks that have incredible hate cards like Cell does in the face of like Dabor and stuff like that. Yeah. So we are going to go through so of course that was the first band so we can get that out of the way and as far as the overall ban list there were three bands one limit and five erratas we're going to go into them down by down and just kind of give overall thoughts but my biggest thing is i'm so tired of erratas i hate the fact that we're going into a set and there's like more erratas than anything else especially for cards that haven't even come out in the set like uh, like the Deborah because it was misspelled like uh come on i mean the vegeta i think is a little bit beyond that i think that's actually like a functional change but uh, so going down from and, and the big highlight of this list is they really wanted to hit Goji Casino. <laughs> you know, we, we've been complaining about yellow nonstop since for the past three months now at this point, I feel like. And it, it's they saw Gogeta and they're like, nah, this is the deck that needs to go. And even then they didn't kill the deck, but they did like tone down its consistency with the first band being the um, unrelenting assault trunks. This one being where if it's sent to warp, it just goes back to your hand. Uh, the idea there is that the card was created so that you can loop his overround turn after turn after turn. But obviously, the deck that mills into warp uses it to great effect. And we saw Juan Soto at Worlds, like, mill three, draw three, which is obviously a little bit higher <laughs> for the deck on that front. But, um, I, I mean, this is fine, right? Like, this doesn't kill the deck, but it's one of the tuning that we see in this ban list that, like, is trying to bring Gogeta Zeno, like, a little bit Pull it back a couple. The deck isn't... And I like these kind of ban lists. Don't get me wrong. I just think the deck they had the biggest target for probably wasn't the right one. But nevertheless, like, I think this reigns it in pretty decently. Yeah, I mean, so... I almost got charged. <laughs> I, like, I'm looking over the ban list right now and I'm kind of getting triggered. Um, the Trunks is... It was a hit, but like it was kind of like weird. Like imagine, imagine a dude with like rocket powered like like rollerblades. This is gonna sound weird, but imagine a dude with like rocket power rollerblades, and then like just like a Glock, and he's just zipping around like just capping people. And you could like ban the Glock, or you could you could give him a worse gun, give him like a BB gun, <laughs> or you could like make him walk. Or you could, like, I don't know, hinder this assailant anyways. But all you do is, like, nerf his rocket booster on his rollerblades. That's what Trunks feels like to me. Like, is he going to be as fast? No. Is he going to plus as randomly? No. Is he going to easily reset his graveyard and send those Gokus and Vegeta's back? No. But you know what he's still going to do? Turn one thwarting your ass. Turn yep. thwarting your ass if you get rid of it on turn one. Like... He's, he's still going to remove top five, potentially high roll really, really hard. He's still going to be able to thwarting your ass and over roll in the same turn. He's still going to, like, this man is still going around on normal rollerblades with a gun. It's just not, he's <laughs> not around. Like, he's not, he's not, oh, he's not broken anymore. He's still busted. Yeah. Ah, That's how I feel about the Trunks game. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a consistency thing. Like, it doesn't actually, like, do anything to the biggest issues that people had with the deck but it does kind of like on that sense like rein it in a little bit um and, and we see that smothered actually um in the errata section as well um 
But then the last ban for this ban list is Foo Shrouded, which I am absolutely ecstatic about. I think it's been a long time. I mean, here's the thing. I'm the type of guy who will 100% support when a card needs to go or an archetype needs to be broken. But at the same time, I'm the guy who will abuse it the most, right? Like I, when Super Shenron was a deck, and for our newer listeners, Super Shenron was a deck where if you had X amount of cards in your drop area, you can take another turn. And this was combined with the swap engine to effectively have like two 15 minute long turns <laughs> by your like turn three, turn four, by just hyper milling yourself out. Uh, so I'm like, I, I walk up to locals and I'm like, bro, Super Shenron is so toxic. It's bad for the game. And then two minutes later, I'm like, all right, send these 30 cards to warp. Take my next turn. <laughs> yeah. So like, so like, yeah, I'll, I'll use broken cards and Fu has carried me to a good number of wins. But I think the biggest thing for Fu and like a lot of people have told me for a long time and I have I had this argument on my team talk with my part teammates. And I don't disagree with the fact that six energy should be game ending abilities or close to it. I just, however, don't believe that that should come with like n almost no answers. Blue is the only color that can consistently deal with Fu if you have a unison on board. Yellow can like handle it if you're like a Frieza's army leader or if you're running like the yellow SER. So aside from like a couple of other techs, but they're like not really played. So in that front, it just feels to me that a card that effectively can close out three out of the five colors in our game is a little bit ridiculous, especially since there's no real counterplay. Black has like one and then your, play, your opponent can like play around it. So to me, it's more so the fact that Yes, six energy plays should be game ending or should press your opponent to a point where they're game ending. I just don't think it should come in a way that prevents like almost any form of counterplay. I can play the game perfectly and still lose to a foo because he just literally turns off my deck. And like that's no fun. Like no one wants to lose because their deck got turned off. And this is from coming from the guy who plays Apex of Power. <laughs> you know? So uh, I think I, I think in general this is a very good move and it probably should have came a couple of sets ago. And I, I'm personally glad to see him go, even though I tech him in almost every single one of my decks. So, <clears throat> all right, I'm going to have another hot, spicy take. Imagine, okay, mm -hmm. that there's like, you're, you live in like a, a, a town, okay, a, a secluded town, and this town is called Metaville. Yeah. And there's a bunch of dudes in Metaville that are like martial arts masters. And no matter how hard you train, no matter how hard you play, like Yellowson can just parry you for days and then crack back at you for like critical strikes. You know what I mean? Like Black Sama is just coming through and raining blows upon your head. You just can't break through the wall, okay? True. And then there is like Fu, Shrouded in Mystery, an enigmatic assailant. Oh my God. Just like, just no matter what happens, when he enters the fight, he just ends up butt pounding his assailant, no matter what. Now, forcible butt pounding is wrong, but Fu's the only man that can stop this bullying from happening around Metaville. <laughs> then should he be in jail? Yes. But is he also doing God's work? But in the wrong way. Yes. Were you getting out of yellow? Were, were you braiding, were you getting through yellow's bullshit without no. the help? Who shrouded a mystery? No, probably not. Who <laughs> shrouded a mystery unhealthy for the game? Yes. And this is the dilemma I have. This is the dilemma I had with Fu. <laughs> Fu 
is the Dark Knight. Like, he's not the hero that, like, we deserve. Like, he's the hero. Like, ah, damn. He's <laughs> like, Foo. Oh, man. Like, I'll pour one out for Foo. Foo needed to go to prison, but I will still pour one out for Foo. That's fair. That's fair. I can respect that. I mean, it's 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 two angled, right? Like no control deck, like red con- like the, it's two things. Control decks couldn't exist because who? Because like red control decks couldn't exist. Um, green control decks couldn't really exist because Fu just like wins on the spot when he comes down. Um, and like I understand what you're saying. Like yes, yellow was doing his thing, black was doing his thing, and a hundred. Well, it's mostly yellow because if you're at six energy against black odds, you're probably winning anyways. But um, the the biggest thing here is just that like I think that yellow should have went with Fu, <laughs> and I don't think it really did. <laughs> I think Foo should have just been eroded. <laughs> if your leader is yellow or you have yellow <laughs> energy, this card cannot be played. Like, every color but Foo. Every color but yellow has access to Foo. Balanced. Easy clap. Yeah, there we go. That's what the game needed. <laughs> and yeah, that's the thing, because yellow could run Foo also, right? Like, it was just, oh my god. That was that was also the worst part about Foo. Like, like you'd be like, Foo... But pounder of the broken savior of the masses, and then all of a sudden, Fu's on the other side of the board, and you're like, "What happened?" And Fu's like, <laughs> "I work for the highest bidder, prepare to take the butt pounding." And you're like, "No, no." And then that's like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Cheeks up, effectively clap. I am your friend. Oh my god, did you just lose the dice? Ooh. E, I'm a, I'm gonna go walk over there real yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity employer. Whoever hits six energy first and ten cards and drop first is the person I'm gonna do the work for. So it is what it is. Yeah, it's tough. He was fair. If anything, he was fair in terms of you know he was an equal opportunity. Anybody? I mean, I mean, yeah, sure. He was a Thanos snap. Like, hey, you fifty fifty odds, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Thanos clap. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just foo is wild. Foo is wild. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where I'm I can honestly say if you've ever resolved a foo and still lost that game, the problem was you. <laughs> like, the problem was not, was not the game state, yeah. it was not the card. That particular moment. I'm not saying you're a bad player. I'm not saying that you're like just trash. I'm just saying like there's probably something that could have happened differently in that game that would have led to that turn being the game when foo resolved. Because it's like there are only so many ways. I guess, like, uh, Unexpected Turn. Ironically, a card called Unexpected Turn can be a card that you can't see coming depending on, you know, the situation, and you just get Unexpected Turn in your food. But never mind. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. But uh, yeah. shout out to the Wifu. Shout out to the Wifu. Yeah, that's fair. Had a good good time with him, and uh, now he's off to the Shadow Realm. <sighs> now, moving on to the Limited. Power of a Super Saiyan. Uh, all claps around. I think there's a huge win. I mean, here's the thing. I'm on record. Everyone knows it. I hate limits. I think they're bad for the game. I think they create feel bad situations when you see your one of or when you don't see your one of. If you never end up seeing your one of in the game, you feel bad because it's like it's a card that could have gotten you out, blah, blah, blah. That's the feel bad on the other side. As the opponent, it's a feels bad because, yeah, of course you've seen your one of. And I feel like colors be like yellow's becoming this color on and on and on that, oh, of course you saw your one of. Of course you saw your one of. Of course you saw your one of. And it's just incredibly frustrating, man. Like, play against Golden Frieza and they see their Cold Bloodlust, their Bergamo, their Power of Super Saiyan. And you're like, yeah, okay, this feels sick. <laughs> but uh, if anything, I'm just glad I got hit. 
I'm not a fan of limits, but I'm glad like something happened to it. I think it's a one of because it's going to be a winter stamp card for the next OP season. I think that's why. But I'm open to be proven wrong. We don't need another power receiver, Sam. We don't need a power receiver, Sam, being a that'd be so funky. And you know, I'm kind of having an issue right now because like can you imagine how salty like I, I just thought about it again when you said like feels bad situations can you like just just feel it in your bones when your opponent's like okay i'm a power of a super saiyan and you're like okay well there's only one into the bergamo and you're like oh right like, right <laughs> get it's, out so it's just like why and then they, and then if it happens to be a freezer leader, they'll call bloodlust your ass. And you're like, oh my fuck. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a big point of contention for it. But I'm glad it got hit. Now, the unfortunate, well, actually, that's not true. If we're going to bundle them, uh, we can jump into the erratas. And Icarus got eroded to basically a ban. There are some people who have been trying to tell me that this is fair. And I'm like, no, this is unplayable. <laughs> ain't nobody trying to start their turn by paying one energy to draw their one card like no <laughs> one energy does a million things in this game drawing a card is not what you want to be doing when like every other leader does it for free so th those combined are the yellow hits but i think the leader hit actually doesn't matter because we've been saying it forever you can substitute that yellow leader with anything and we have hot and spicy yellow leaders coming next set and they fulfill the role very well now sure their packages are a little bit more full than the Icarus package. And they don't draw as much, but that's fine. Because Yellow's card pool can turn any mediocre archetype into a real archetype. So, I think this podcast is probably going to stay the Bitch About Yellow podcast <laughs> for maybe another couple of months. That's that, my prediction. My prediction. I, I know Red now has a little bit of a better chance against pressing against yellow especially with the new red stuff we're getting but i still think yellow is going to be obnoxious to play against like it's i think so too it's kind of weird because essentially the way i see it yellow yellow's biggest issue was that yellow had no chinks in its armor and now with power of a super saiyan going down to one you can't willingly play it out um, this makes your extra card set up harder because you have to use suboptimal extra cards. Before you had a clean suite of extra cards that just did the work you needed to do. Now you have to be playing cards that, like, lots of people are like, oh, there are plenty of other yellow extra cards. Okay, if you would rather play four of three different yellow extra cards, how do you not think that your deck's going to get worse and you have to start playing copies of shit like Forbidden Power? Like, if the deck didn't make it in, if the card didn't make it in as even a tech previously, that means it simply was not good enough to hit the main board. And if it wasn't cyborg either, I just have to let you know, like, you're playing suboptimal cards in your yellow deck now. Which means there will be turns where your yellow defense was not as strong as it could have been. Now, granted, you could still high roll. Any deck can high roll. And if a yellow deck high rolls, it will still feel exactly like it did before. But there will be turns where your opponent doesn't high roll. Or, in more probably probable cases... There will be consecutive turns where you're able to pressure yellow, and on one of those turns, they will slip. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. It's, I agree. That, that I've always said, right, like, what, what Power of Super Saiyan, now don't get me wrong, Power of Super Saiyan is an incredibly stupid card. It does way too much for free. But 
the big thing is that it was the glue, right? It's that extra card that feeds like your cheapeners in the form of repost as well as steadfast. And it, it, it does a lot of setup in terms of your tapping shenanigans to get your poutine. Like it feels like glue. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of cards can fill in the space. And while yes, it'll feel clunkier bringing in the new stuff, we're still getting things like black Kamehameha and such. So there are substitutes coming down the pipeline that are kind of going to help supplement, but they don't glue as well as power of super Saiyan because power of super Saiyan turns on like six other cards, uh, between poutine, Bergamo, uh, both your steadfast and robotics, as well as a couple of other yellow plays. So in general, it's a good hit. It's the right hit. I think Power of Super Saiyan was 100% the top of people's target just because of how much it does. But I still think the card pool is too good. Every single card in yellow cantrips. I don't know why. Why does Turtle cantrip? Why does Steadfast cantrip? You know, if at this point, I'm just shocked that Robotic Repose doesn't cantrip. But you can play it as a one cost on both turns. So I guess whatever, if you just need some 15k beat stick, you can use it, right? Like it's, it, it just feels like a lot of other colors have downside. And yellow has no downside. It'll always plus on everything it does. And like, you're just kind of stuck in this world of, okay, well, what do I do now? So I think it'll, that you can, now there are opportunities to catch your opponent slipping. There are opportunities to catch your opponent being stuck in a spot where like, you can find those, like you said, like those ins because they don't have the consistency of having a, a one as many cards that Icarus would allow as well as just four of Power Super Saiyans that are able to shut you down turn after turn. But I still think it's going to be, a, I don't know if it's oppressive, but just a, an uphill battle for sure. For any yellow deck, because its entire card pool is generic, outside of Turtles, which is like linked to Saiyans, but that's fine. The best ones are Saiyans anyways. Well said, sir. Well said. Moving on, here's an additional hit, but not only to the Gogeta Xeno deck, but like to most black decks, because almost every single black deck is a thwarting deck this day. Uh, Sun Goku True Fighting Spirit. So this is the one where if you activate a negate, you had to warp a card from your hand, OPT. And uh, the big thing is that against a lot of decks, if you're just trying to defend, it is very easy for black decks to be able to get two, three of these guys on board. And it's like, did you want to activate your one negate to stop dying from this like deck that can swing with like one cost double five, 25k double strikers and then one cost 20ks that float into two 10ks like it's it's you know the, the typical thing that's a deck do well you're gonna have to warp two to three cards in your hand plus the actual negate itself so it's a huge powerful ability and uh, now it has unique so you can only get one of i like this i think the card as a card that has unique is fine i think the issue with the card was 100 percent the fact that you can stack four or five like three four of these on the board and then like hard punish your opponent for just trying to live like fucking oops freaking <laughs> for real uh, <laughs> like it, it's actually really funny because i was just on a podcast with uh, team berserk they asked me kind of late team berserk slash tcg medals and it was going back and forth between uh cards we wanted to see and when it came to true fighting spirit half the room was like it needs to go and um of course uh element who had a good showing with mass sand was like no 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 that would just ruin the deck <laughs> i straight up was like homie the card doesn't need to go because functionality wise it's a 5k goku and it's a self-awakener but what it needs to not be able to do is being held in deuces to be played for two energy when you had an established board and you knew you were going to go in so i literally you guys can go to team berserk's channel and check their last podcast or maybe two podcasts ago i don't know how often they do them and somewhere in that two-hour-long mess, because you know if I'm in it, the conversation kind of be going. 
I do straight up say that a unique would be the best way to handle this card because it would not hinder the functionality of that 5k Goku and Gogeta Zeno, but it would stop it from doing its most toxic things. Yeah, and you, uh, you, you even said in your balance prediction video. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, I did. I did. Hey, you're right. You're right. And, uh, it's just like, yeah, that's a much shorter video. You should look at that <laughs> as well. But, um, factual, like, it's just kind of one of those things where when you look at that card, I understand why it was made to a T. Black does not have good defenses. And in this game, there are two types of kind of hand destruction, hand destruction through effect and hand destruction through pressure. And Black's way of defending itself in a roundabout sense is being so much pressure that you are forced to drop cards out of your hand. But that is not enough sometimes because defensive cards have to start two for wanting to actually be as effective as people just turning their body sideways. So True Fighting Spirit was a card that was designed with that in mind. You play it on the board, you apply pressure. They not only have to combo out of swings, but if they choose to negate, they have to get rid of not just the card and maybe a cost on top of that, but a second card. So on top of that, True Fighting Spirit was following, it was just trying to reinforce what Black's theme was and also help Black not die. If you got to get rid of five cards because you combat out of a 25k, but you also negated and warped, that's five less cards you have to beat my face in with next turn. The issue is that Black is getting stronger along with other colors. True Fighting Spirit can be ha held in pairs. And when you have to go neg four to play a topo, they can still be super command-made. Like, <laughs> sheesh, sheesh. So... Um, yeah, the card just unique is perfect. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, I think that the card needs to exist. I think it does too much for the decks that are, that, that run it. And, uh, I think unique's perfect. I think it's, it's just fine. You can combo the rest of the hundred percent. The issue is just, if you had an established board, so you could just clock down three of these guys and then be like, all right, you're gonna, you're gonna take it boy. And, uh, now we, now, now that, you know, it's, it's just a tip. Now you, you don't have to. You know, take it all. So I think I, I think it's a uh, well warranted in this case. Clip it. Clip that lie. Clip that lie. If you guys do not clip, George saying it's just the tip. You don't have to take it all. I will lose faith, and every person that views this video, I'm gonna clip it. I'm gonna clip. Continue. Uh, and uh, the final hit to. The Gogeta Xeno deck, for the most part, is a Black Smoke Dragon. So this is the Unison that was uh, used a good number of uh, worlds and a number of national decks where you can kind of play for free with the Supreme Kai. And then you would just like neg it to draw an additional card. So it's just like a free hand advantage cycling engine. Um, I, I don't think this was a power level thing. I think it's kind of stupid. But at the same time, they said like design space when they made it. They said, hey... You know, it's not really meant to be used this way. And at the same time, it might mess up some things that are coming down the line. Now, here's the thing. I'm a little suspect whenever Bandai says we're removing this because of design reasons. Because, you know, Cell is a card that's on a limited list because of design reasons. And they never made good on that promise, like, seven sets later. So I, I'm a little... It's been more than seven sets now. Sheesh, it's been forever since that card was limited. Just to say. So on that front, I, I feel a little bit iffy, but again, another light tap, which some decks weren't even running it, so it's whatever. Some people just run Mirror for the pressure, but it's another light tap to Gogeta, uh, which, you know, is fine. It, it kept the deck alive. I think there's some really weird hits. I don't think, and again, like, I don't think any of this stuff overall impacts it huge. I think the biggest thing is probably True Fighting Spirit being unique, but 
otherwise still just another light tap deck's gonna do fine the deck still lives and if if all of these hits are relevant enough to not push people to play gojitas you know then they'll just play trunks i think trunks is a, a worthwhile substitution and I, I really liked what you said on your video about the the ban list where it's um you know or the meta and what to expect of the meta now that we know what it's kind of looking like that um trunks while not having as high roll as gogeta is definitely more consistent and i think just on that front alone will lend itself better to being a, a top meta contender for black moving into the next set yeah <clears throat> i definitely like i definitely agree i definitely agree um no i i, I there's gonna be some choices there are definitely about to be some choices, and I dig that. Uh, I agree with you. Black Smoke was kind of weird because they're like, oh, it's, it's a draw one that wasn't intended. Dude, I actually thought it was cool there was a generic Black Unison that could just warp stuff from people's graves. I thought that yeah. was cute. That, yeah. That's a very nice like effect. That's a niche effect, but it also feels right at home in Black, and it gives Black a bit of utility that other decks don't have. If you happen to remove all four vanillas from, like, Icarus, you cut off their like they get one to two draws off that. Well, they get two draws off that thing, and then you'd be able to cut off their second draw for the rest of the game if they can't ever establish that again. I'm like, that's awesome. That is literally something cute that only black could do. Yeah. Uh who knows? I I think they might still be trying to figure out what they want to do with the color ply with black, which is like kind of fair. Um who knows? Now it's now it's eroded to being only demon on race, which is fine. I mean, those decks don't really see play, so it's 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 all it's not a ban. Like maybe someday the the cards will see play again, and it probably does see, still see play in the decks that it's intended for. But anyways, it's one less flex option for Black, which is still fine. There are ways for Black to still kind of do stuff with Word. They're just not as they're just more clunky than what this is. But nevertheless, moving beyond that, uh, the new Deborah leader that's coming in Realm of the Gods, a God Narada. This is literally just text Narada. It, it it wasn't written properly, so it says now that it sends that card to its owner's warp instead of to warp, I think, or something like that. So, no big deal. The Elasterata, and like they say, like this isn't this was a change in card text because it wasn't being played as intended, which I think is BS. Is uh, the promo Vegeta, the Crimson Warrior? This is the one that's supposed to be the Vegeta alternative to the ra uh, blue red ramp strategy that utilizes not Veku. The deck doesn't work with Veku, but it does work with the old Vegeta, uh, Gogeta stuff, and we got some new blue red Gogeta stuff that came in. So the change being that uh, the activate battle was something of contention with the community because, like, oh, it's it's an optional cost, and no, oh, it's busted, and the first off, no, it's not. But it's been now changed that instead you get to choose up to one or blue or red Saiyan in your hand and discard it to be able to look at the top three. It's choose one. You have to pitch. This 100% turned a fringe tier two maybe leader into basically unplayable. It is so incredibly bad. And like, I understand some are like, but why is there an optional cost? Well, because if you understand the archetype, the archetype needs a blue red Saiyan in your trash to be able to go ahead and ramp with it with the five drop gogeta so it, it kind of makes sense on that front but it is going to feel so incredibly bad that you're going to spend half your game pitching to use his ability and then you're going to whiff because your deck's not going to be composed of 30 gokus and vegetas they suck they're all fusion fodder now mind you the new blue red ones are pretty okay okay because at least you don't feel bad about playing them late game because they scale to how much energy you have so they make half decent beat sticks 
But for the most part, blue, uh, red Gogeta or uh, Vegeta and Goku BRs suck. They're all fusion fodder, which means like, yeah, you're getting an extra 5k. And like people are like, you don't understand how broken a 5k is. Like, no, the reason Icarus is broken isn't because it's drawing 5k's. Is because it's drawing the most busted cards in the game. Like, no, not all 5Ks are created equal. Like, there's a re like, you know what Juan Soto did with all the trunks that he drew when he drew three? The exact turn after he charged one and then he like pitched the other two. So, like, no, not all 5Ks are created equal, especially since you're gonna awaken on turn three, anyways. So once you're awakened on turn three, you got two turns of a plusing an additional one. I this it and like I get frustrated and I you know some people don't think it's fine because it's ridiculous and or the way it was written before. I think this 100% makes the leader unplayable. I was interested in playing the leader and I here's the thing. He still does cute and interesting things. He's still a cute leader. He still gives Gogeta's like like fusion ability which is kind of cool and he like he's interesting. But that's all he is now he's interesting. I don't think he's anymore being playable and like any excitement I had to play this leader is pretty much gone at this point. I mean, I kind of thought all that leader did was stack mad 5Ks in hand and then do mediocre <laughs> plays to begin with, so... Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. If you thought it was doing that before, it sure as hell ain't doing that now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, I'm overly passionate about it because, of course, Ramp Gogeta is one of my babies. It's one of the decks that I've, people with me deservedly so so i don't know it's just unfortunate so you're so, like to ramp gogeta like like what i am the u7 red gohan uh very much very much so yeah when the, yeah, the so, only only people to do well with it so respectively we're the best ramp gogeta and u7 red gohan players in the world is what it, you're saying it, it could be argued that way yes <laughs> I, uh, don't arguments have to have like plausible sides on both sides i think this is pretty one-sided uh yeah i mean it's uh, essentially fact like uh, i just I need it. i just need anybody else to pull up a premier win with either deck <laughs> and uh, we'll be good yeah you're good <laughs> <laughs> you should you should have ever played you made me do this <laughs> uh so that's the ban list overall thoughts i think it was 50 50. i think some hits were kind of like whatever i think some hots are hits were exactly what were being like felt as the big pain points of the format but i feel like there were some pretty flagrant misses yeah um mainly i'm looking at juice with retaliation cooler you live to be toxic yet another day um, I won't even front. Like the moment I saw the ban list, I sent that immediate message to the 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 powers that be. <laughs> it's like, oh, see, so I'll just let Cooler stay out here on the streets, huh? What <laughs> people that didn't even need to be in prison are looking through the bars watching. Like I should, I should. Oh my gosh, I should make that. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the Squidward meme. Squidward looking out the window. Oh, uh, looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what what card has been undeservedly banned. I, you know what? You know what? It might have to be Foo. I might have to be like Foo oh my God, looking out nah, the window bro. and then be like Swift <laughs> Retaliation Cooler. And what else? What else should have been on that list, bro? Swift Retaliation Cooler, <sighs> Morgamo running outside. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh yeah. my gosh, that shit is wild though. Like, I mean, for real, that, that I can't be any more transparent about Swift Retaliation Cooler. Like, it's just one of those one of the high echelons of yellow cards that was just like built in a way where like like there's no way you can play that card. The only way you can play that card badly is by playing it on a card that was bad to play it on. Otherwise, the card just goes like two fucking plus. Like, like I, I think a long time ago I joked about Turles being like, "Oh, what if I don't have two cards to destroy?" Oh, you're right, you're right. Let's make it so that if you only destroy one, you get to draw a card. That way, you can't even draw it bad. Like, cooler is the same way. It's like you pay three to counter somebody. Counter counter is a very strong effect and should be used very sparingly in this game. But if that was not enough, you then get to count up the uh, the amount of cards you know, that are tapping your opponent's side of the board. And uh, spoiler alert, if your opponent was countering in a position where you counter-countering them could lead to a game-winning shotgun, I'm going to just go out here and probably say they're tapped the fuck out. So you tap them out with their negate, you counter-counter it, and then because you were playing the game the exact way you were going to counter it, you draw one from effect, and then you get reward and you get a second draw. Like, I don't even know why they put a condition on that second draw. If you use cooler, by the time you have three energy to counter-counter somebody's play after you've made a play of your own, you are at the point where six permanents will be tapped. And so cooler just rewards you. Yeah. Oh, dog, I heard you. You just countered their negate. Well, here's two more cards to potentially combo with. You deserve it, champ. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Yellow is the definition. No meme, no pun intended. Yellow is simply built different. Yeah. I mean, once we're at a point where I'm at like four to five energy against yellow, I'm like at any point in time, they can just decide to kill me because I can like negate. No. All right, cool. I tapped one for nothing. I guess you drew two cards and now you're just going to kill me. I'm like, all right, Blue. cool. I, 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 yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. It's a red card. This card says tap three. If your opponent has lost life this turn, you may minus 2,000 or 25,000 on one of their battle cards. And then, I don't know, discard a card from your hand. That's a red effect, okay? A green effect. If your leader is set 15 Chompa, set 16 Chompa, if your leader is six, uh, set 16 Chompa, you may destroy a card through barrier and it costs two energy. It's like, okay, decent cost, cool effect, but you have to run a really weird, obscure leader that they're never going to make again. And, it, and they even put the serial number on it. So you have to use that 16 Chompa. Then you get to black. And black will just be like a little awkward. Like remove four cards in grave, warp a battle card with four less cost. If you remove all four black battle cards with like 30k power, then it doesn't have a cost restriction. It goes through barrier something, something that could be kind of borderline really powerful, but the deck has to be built with it. And then yellow is just like pay two energy, tap something down, blow up that card through barrier after negating its effect and draw a card. And then to make it blue, you add three more additional energy to the cost, get rid of the <laughs> negation effect, untap something, and then draw. That's just pretty much how it is. Oh, yeah, and it doesn't ignore barrier, and it doesn't blow it up. It actually sends it to the bottom of the deck. That's the that's the key transition from yellow to blue. Make it cost more. It bottom decks it. There's no negation. There's no barrier or negation. Like, that's that's the Bandai secret sauce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's painful. Wild. It's painful. There's just and that's the thing. And that's the thing with yellow is that there's so many situations where it's just like I can't do anything. Uh yesterday I went to locals and I went undefeated with SS4 Bardock up until finals. And then I played against Max, who runs Golden Frieza. And that means a multitude of things. It means, you know, for anyone who plays SS4 Bardock, you're basically kind of like, uh, your deck kind of lives and dies by the SS4 Gogeta. It, not necessarily, you can run like kind of a swarmy package with the two and three drops. But for the most part, the most impactful thing your deck does is that. Well, I'm never getting that card off. Why? Because Steadfast exists. Uh, can I do the attack swarm strategy? No, because repost exists. Uh, can I negate it so I don't, you know, can I negate his attack so I don't die? Uh, no, uh, because you can just counter cooler. And then it's okay, can I mitigate his boss monsters? Well, they can run like the five cost Frieza that like can't be removed by skills. Also punishes you if you negate, taps down your stuff, leaves it tapped. Like it's just from every fast now. Don't get me wrong. I recognize I'm not playing a meta deck, but like, nevertheless, like that card pool is so insane and you can't even run turtles. <laughs> Imagine a deck with good. So it's, it's tough. And I feel like I'm going to be complaining about yellow for a good couple of weeks. Still, at least, you know, at least with the new set. And I guess that transitions well into kind of like the second half, like, you know, how do we see things moving forward? At least with the new set, I'll be able to try new things to try and fiddle with it and just see where we can get. And since I do plan on playing the red decks, you know, at least I can apply enough pressure to maybe make an interesting game out of it. But for some decks, like yellow just gatekeeps so incredibly hard. It's like, no, you're just your deck is like not going to do anything. And my hand size is going to be 20 when I go in for game. And I, I think that's going to be a very common theme moving forward. And this still feels like a ban list that may have an emergency ban list following, in my opinion. It feels very samey to the last one we had. Where like, sure, like there's some solid hits here, but it still feels like the big parts of the meta that we're kind of frustrated about are still going to be around. IMO. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Like, yellow kind of be like, you're not swinging more than 18 times per turn. You're done. Are you trying to swing for 18 times a turn or post? You're done. Like, it's just like, like they, <laughs> they really just vote in. Uh, like, uh, it's, it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I do know it's appropriate this time, though, listeners. I know that we're typically the bitch about yellow podcast, and I am trying to get us to to vary our discussion topics. <laughs> but hey, we're talking about the ban list and our, about our future as a card game, and I think that's very relevant to this discussion. Like, if but, you guys uh, want, if you guys can guarantee that this next podcast, all right, hell, you know, you know let, let's do something. Let's do something cute. Let's do something cute. If y'all could guarantee that the next podcast would get over 50, 60 likes and a whole bunch of views, would you be down, George, to have the viewers pick an era in this game? Just pick, just pick a just pick an era, like a format. And for us to just have a podcast to pretend like we're in that format. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? I mean, we could sit here and be complaining about blue yellow storm. We could be sitting well, that's still kind of yellow, but it was yellow in a different way. Uh we uh, could complain about uh dark broly. Sure. We can complain about invoker and search piccolo. Uh I'll, yeah. I'll have to be BSing because I definitely wasn't playing during the <laughs> I'll ask George how the format was and we'll go from there. I mean, because like, there have been there have been stupid things in other colors, respectively. It's just been yellow the most. Um, it has been. I had 
I had a player in my Discord have the audacity to tell me that like I was playing yellow and I, I, you know I'm, I'm not actually mocking you I'm just kind of saying it for the conversational piece but he, he, they were saying like I was playing yellow when it was bad I'm like where <laughs> like yellow was bad like one time in its existence like where are you getting off thinking it was bad it was uh tricolor Ginyu and then Mecha Frieza and then one two swap and then one two swap existed for like ever and then you had a little period after one two swap was gone where like yellow kind of wasn't getting played but then it was surge format and then all right fuck yeah draft box cards so we're playing the draft box cards we're playing surge goku then that's gone then once again you kind of get into a little lull where yellow isn't really played so like there are two instances in the game where i'd say like you could argue yellow was kind of like not okay but like otherwise yellow has been dominant if not the most broken color in the game for most of its lifespan just saying i mean you know you just kind of sit here in this funny space of yellow being the only color that could counterplay things tapped or counterplay them with no effects. Um, and back then, we didn't have a lot of passive or activate main once per turn effects. Most of our effects were come into play effects. So Cold Bloodless was like the end-all be-all. You just tapped four energy for jack shit. Deal with it, bitch. And then, like, you move on to, you know, like you said, Mecha Frieza, playing things for the absolute free. Um, Shugash came into the picture, you know, playing stuff for the absolute free plus Sans, which is devastating. And then you've got more non-stereotypically yellow cards, you know, aggro, like you said. And then you have, like you said, the low. But then yellow comes back with more aggro, except it's on a yellow Frieza Force leader, so you gain back the cold blood lust. I'm just like, <laughs> huh. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yellow has never been broken in my opinion in terms of yellow as a color identity being yellow most of the times yellow has been up until this recent format yellow has only been snapped when they have given yellow tools that were hella outside of yellow hello outside of yellow's pocket like free play sands and actually i guess swap is still kind of very low costed stupid sands and an aggro sand leader very not yellow but then in this set they were like you know what it's finally time. The past couple of sets, they were like, what if we finally dedicated good card quality to yellow? Yellow control being good. And they were just like, okay. So it's like, yeah, okay. They're creating cards. They're doing developing, but they accidentally knocked in 18 freaking gallons of chemical fucking X and the control is just too strong. <laughs> like counter counters that draw you cards, tattoo that draw you cards, Bergamos that shut off your opponent's turns, poutines coming out for like, just nothing like the amount of cards that get triggered in yellow for doing yellow things is sickening <laughs> like you don't even have to go out of your way like like red has had cards that specifically say your opponent had to lose life through effect for you to touch them and yellow is like if you tap something you get to tap more things i'm like well <laughs> it's not like there's literally not cards that do this for free while drawing you a card oh wait a second you right let me just for free, tap your card and drop a poutine in. For free, tap your card and then tap two. Like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, actually, and you just reminded me. How the hell was Slug not on this Rado list no, at minimum, I, bro? I didn't mean to remind you that. <laughs> like it it totally slipped my mind and i guess you know i was ready to move on but now i'm right back at it how the hell is slug not errata to be a slug only arm how is that card okay how is annihilator okay how is the yellow card pool okay <laughs> oh my god 
Oh my god, I'm gonna have an aneurysm. Yeah, I know. We're, we're gonna start hating on yellow for hours. Like, is are are, are we are we done with the ban list? You might have to mailbag because I feel like yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. All right, we're done with it. We're done with the ban list. Anyways, the next format, Elise is gonna be a little bit more open, and at least yellow has some chinks in its armor where you might be able to catch it. And I think some of the new decks are gonna be interesting. So I'm very excited to see what people take out now that they can test DBS Fest. You guys know me. I'm not gonna test the format because I never do. I'm just gonna pick a deck. I'm gonna run with it, and if I get good at the DBS Fest, and all the better. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. Ah, so is the way. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on to the SE mailbag. Of course, guys, if you guys want to send us any questions that we answer on air, you can tweet at us with the hashtag SC mailbag, or you can head on over to our Discord and message in the SC mailbag section, and we will answer them on air. So the first one comes from Scuzzy. I love playing green, primarily King Cold, but every time I swap to a different green deck, it just feels so bad to play. What can Bandai do to fix green as a color? Ah, well, ah, crack my knuckles real quick. <laughs> See, sir, this is a very, very good question. It is also a very, very hard question. Um, I'm not sure if you watch any of my content, but I have definitely said that it is very, 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 very rough for, uh, like I was going through how I feel like the ban list or possible errados could help the format. And when I got to green, I literally skipped over green and it's not because I was just trolling. It's not because I was being a hater, but it's literally because there is nothing coming up in this set or anything on the ban list that could be taken off that would help green become a playable, a more playable color. Because green doesn't need any changes in what's already in the game. Green needs not even an overhaul. Green needs good building blocks. And um, right now, green's good pieces might as well be like infinity stones scattered off, except they're not really infinity stones. They're like, can we barely be competitive stones? Like green has some very nice cards scattered about charismatic is still a very good unison counterplay mm -hmm. why because charismatic is a counterplay destruction it gets around deflect that's that's stupid um on top of that you have cards like dormant which every time the format gets wide dormant is just like just instant cock block of massive proportions and it's free that's kind of stupid um green has access now to uh it may have been a sleeper card because it came out in sand showdown but that that vegeta that king vegeta unison Without even being played in any decks, is still one of the most snapped unisons of all time. So good. That thing, is, that thing is blowing up monster or battle cards through barrier. It's discarding cards from here. Like I read that and I was like, "Whoa, it's so good." The green isn't a good color because it's a card with <laughs> the like, like, it's funny if green was a better color. Like, who knows? Maybe yellow wouldn't have even survived. Yellow would be like poutine, and like he'd just be like, "All right, King Vegeta, go handle that." And it's just it's gone. <laughs> It's literally just God. Um, the hit is a crazy, crazy card. Um, the hit that just is coming out of this set. Hit is literally out here. Just, you you literally, they swing. And when they swing, they have to attack themselves two cards they can't attack. And I know early game, this may be annoying. But you're still taking out two cards in their hand. I will do that. If I can just take two cards in their hand before they even have to start committing the combo, before I'm trying to, you know, combo or use, uh, you know, cards that might make them discard something. I'm fine with that. But when you get to a simplified game state and they might only have a six-card hand, they have a discard, is 
a third of my hand worth getting attacked through this turn. Ah, crap. I'm going to have to find another way to deal with this uh, hit. Like, it'd be great if I had a unison that destroyed monsters through barrier. Like, that. I mean, just, it's hit strong. Um, the Goku. The Goku may be tricky to get online the very first swing because you have to swing on the battle card and then destroy a battle card. But y'all need to understand that Goku doesn't have unique. So Goku can trigger a Goku. Once a single Kaioken blue Goku is on the board from the next set, you could swing at a unison or a leader, blow up a battle card on board with an auto before they even have a chance to combo or block with it, and then play another Goku. Like, well, you have to combo and then do some things, you know. There, there are things you can do, but the Goku rolls into the Goku, rolls into the Goku, and since they're double strike and can also choose to rip cards from hand if they're not destroying things, you could send them at unisons and just start taking cards from your opponent's hand. There is just so much gas that green has scattered. But in terms of uh, what they need, green needs leaders that don't have to hinge upon wacky gimmicks that will only get support for a single set and a tournament pack. That's the first step to making green okay. Like, look at all these other colors. Icarus, straight up generic. Straight up generic, doing stuff like that. This new Trunks leader, not generic, archetype leader, but he still has enough space in his deck to be playing good yellow cards. Um, Look at Vegeta, U7 Vegeta from last set starter deck. Dude is um very, very strong, but very, very generic. To be honest, all you need to make him work is a single good two-drop red unison. The rest of the cards can be straight generic fire. Look at Soul Striker. If you can find the last time we had a valid green leader that could run generic green cards without being attached to a gimmick, uh, I'll, I don't know what I'll give you, but it'll be a prize because you can't, and I, I don't have to name a prize on it. Like, you, you just can't. Green is always tied to some weird-ass mechanic that takes up more than half the deck that has you sitting here wondering why you sleeved up Turles at an eight-round event just to go home sad with no prizes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I that's that's my biggest thing, right? It's it's the, the leader issue, because there are good green decks, but... And I always say this about archetype decks. Some decks are so archetypal that I never really count them as decks of that color. And green is just pretty big on that space, right? We have green Gotenks and green King Cold, which both decks are solid decks. Like, there are decks that I would feel pretty comfortable taking to most tournaments. However, they're archetype decks. Like, I wouldn't call those green decks because their archetype takes up, like, 90% of the deck, right? And then the generic green cards are the green cards you'd be running in any green deck anyways. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think the way the game should go would be in a place like Icarus where it's so generic and then your package is like four cards in a deck that every other, or it's like the Soul Striker issue where like every leader becomes suboptimal because you just can't compete with how generic those leaders are. I think like you said, the Vegeta, uh, the Trunks Vegeta leader that we're getting next set um, or the Vegeta leader, you know, like there is a realm where I think we can find a balance between engines that are sizable but not so much so that they take up the whole deck and i think that's where the sweet spot needs to be now that's the sweet spot nevertheless the game is in a spot where some colors just do have incredibly good generic leaders blue has soul striker yellow has icarus and black has a smattering of different leaders depending on what flavor of thwarting you want to play and then red has a couple just red's kind of been in a weird spot which will get fixed in the next set so when we're talking about green uh, the big thing is 100 percent just the because it has good generic cards, but there's no leader that carries it, right? Like when we're talking about green generic leaders, you're just looking at things like Clash Coup and, you know, leaders like those where it's like, sure, they exist. And, you know, they've they've had a smattering of results, maybe a couple here and there over the past year. But 
not to a point where you can feel comfortable about being green. And I think a big thing about that is just at the moment, green's in a point where it's hand destruction or bust. And outside of cell surge, the other hand destruction leaders just kind of don't get there. And it's just kind of a shame that entire like color is like kind of stranglehold by what it was doing previously, which is all hand destruction. But green has a great card pool. That unison is snapped. I picked up my SPRs the moment I could. And but it's like a two dollar SPR <laughs> at the moment, you know? Because like no one plays it. <laughs> it. It's it's which is insane. But green has a solid card pool. And it literally just like Chris was saying, it just needs that building block. Just that that leader that carries it forward. You know, there are decks that exist that are decent. Um it's just they're they're too archetypal, so they don't really count. Red Broly Swap is an example of a non-green deck that I feel is an R-type deck. I wouldn't call it a red deck. It's an R-type deck. So I think green just needs that. And and it, it's kind of like a feedback loop because not only has green needed like a green leader, but for some reason green has been like the gimmick color for like two and a half sets. So we, we've just basically lost six months of opportunity to be able to remedy this issue because green for some reason has just been the meat like the meme color. Uh, and before that, it was the archetypal color. So in Supreme Rival, we got King Cold, which is like a good deck. Don't get me wrong, I love King Cold, but it's not really a green deck. And then because I played it, and I don't really have that many green staples, <laughs> which just goes to show. Um, and then after that, we got the Goku and Vegeta leaders, which like heck, okay. And then after that, we got Beerus and Champa, which like I'm interested in those leaders, but for reasons that don't really lean on green itself, just because I like to see what I can make work. So. It's 100% just needing to go back to the drawing board and figuring out, you know, glue. If anything, I'd say glue. There are some cards, in, like in yellow, Power of the Super Saiyan. You know, that was a glue card that brought the color together. Uh, blue has a couple of glue cards that bring them together between, you know, their unisons, the god ceilings of the world, so on and so forth. Senzu Bean is a bl big glue card for blue. Uh, what green really has is probably, quote unquote, a leader and a glue card that kind of unifies everything that it's about to kind of make it be a bit more flexible um, or or even just the package in general so that you can swap out leaders. Right. If we could be in a spot where blue was where when it had Galactic Buster, you could pivot between any like six different blue leaders and all do so uh, decently. Well, like I think that's a pretty good spot to be into. So I, I think I think that's like the general place where green needs to head to. So. You can still meme with green, but it, it very much is just a meme unless you're playing an R-type deck, I think, until maybe the set after Realms of the Gods. Maybe we get something that can kind of bring it together. I think it's just the biggest thing. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate. It, it all comes on design. We just need to see it. It just, it sucks when we do get a whole set and then we see that there's no change. We get another set and we see there's no change. And we just know that, like, every time we see this cycle happen, it's another three months. <laughs> another three or four months. <laughs> yeah being in the shadow realm yeah and that's good you know and, and that even ties with to the ban list right and like how we feel about the formats like all right you kind of just like to accept that like what's coming in it's not right it's it's another three months of this it's another three months of this so uh for green players i i my heart goes out to y'all because a hundred percent it's felt like another three months of this for quite a while now uh king cold did rejuvenate the feeling of like green doing stuff but of course because of our archetypal is i can understand how that's kind of a short-lived notion especially if you want to spread your wings in a color that currently doesn't allow to do so <sighs> yeah moving on we do have a you know our weekly dose of get em. Oh, this yeah, week yeah <laughs> but this week uh cedric decided to give a serious question 
For those who are semi-competitive and want to get better at the game, what advice would you give them? Um, honestly, this is a game that deeply rewards spending time in the hyperbolic time chamber. Uh, know your matchups. Okay, so I think the big thing about semi-competitive players is that they never look outside of their bubble. So semi-competitive players play the decks that they like, and they kind of stick in that realm. And they like understand like like my understanding of semi-competitive is like they play a color or they play a very specific type of decks, and they understand those matchups and look up the deck profiles and know the variations of those deck. But they but if you take them out of that deck, they maybe can't do so well elsewhere, right? And I think I, I think the level up be or or is a player that can not necessarily consistently top a tournament. And I think the level up beyond that is you got to start playing other decks. You know, as much as you hate Icarus, you need to play Icarus because you need to understand what pressure points that deck has. And I think understanding where the pain points of a deck has by playing it means that once you're on the other side of that matchup, once again, you can utilize those pain points to the maximum. And then you can really flex it, right? Like playing against an invoker player and then playing as invoker has both taught me ways that like I can deal with my opponent dealing aggro to me. But at the same time, I understand how to aggro an invoker player. Like I know is I know invoker's game plan like 10 out of 10 times. I know I can like articulate and script down their turn one through five plays, you know, and that's just kind of the place you need to be. If you want to take that level up, you need to understand every deck what they do from a position of a pilot so that you know how to abuse the ways to beat them and then between that it's just getting your reps in get your reps in uh and obviously it helps to be surrounded by good players because then your skill ceiling goes up so of course it's a little bit tough to say to just get on a good team when of course they only take on the best of the players but if you have your opportunities to play test against people who know what they're doing i think that in its own right seeing the way they think seeing the way they go through actions will elevate that and when you're playing in those games don't take it as a, you know, of course, try to win. But if it's a practice game, don't take it as an opportunity to win. Just like I, I play practice games with like people I'm trying to get better with open handed because we're just trying to figure out what the best lines are. So I, I think those are kind of a few key steps to the biggest thing is just understanding, right? Like I don't practice all that much, but because I make sure that I dabble and understand decks intrinsically every single format. And I just kind of inherently have to do that because my R-Type 101s. Uh, I have a great understanding of the card pool generally enough and how decks want to run generally enough that I can jump and pilot any deck to like mediocre success, you know, and that's like without any practice. So I, I think that's the place where you want to be if you really want to like level up your competitive advantage. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. Everything George said was, I was just going to say get good and scrub. because it was dumb, <laughs> Everything that was said there was, perfect your reps uh your card knowledge the only thing i can really add to that and uh, of course it's another shameless plug uh your etiquette just even like lots of people don't get into the habit of practicing their etiquette and this can lead to things because like bad things like like george was saying get your reps in understand your card pool between these two things you're going to get caught off guard so less often and you're also going to be able to just you know sharpen up your plays but even small things that can save you minutes on the clock, things that can, like, I always like, I mean, getting your reps in, you're going to see your plays and you're going to be fast at your plays. But even things like practicing siding, like, once I think the meta is pretty figured out, I will sit there, like I was saying in my other video, and I'll be like, I'm playing Soul Striker. I've just lost game one. I'm going second, or going first on game two. How do I side? I am playing against Cell Surge. I just won game one with my very aggressive deck. 
I'm going second game two. How do I side? You know, which games do you side out the foo? What are you siding in for the foo? And this is important because some people will be like, oh yeah, I have three dabs in my side and I have three monkeys and I'm playing blue. But then they sit down at the table and they go, oh shit. What am you I taking out for You gotta take cards, cards out, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're sitting there wasting valuable two, three minutes on the clock when they're playing a deck that isn't gonna finish the game before turn seven. And that's a huge thing. Uh, practicing siding uh practicing matches with a time limit if you guys notice for my fight nights i always put the clock to 60 minutes and in at least two of them i've ended the game when the 60 minutes ran out declared it a win for this guy because he won game one or a tie because we're in game three and we're going into time and we've gone like you need to practice on the clock too because you need to understand the speed of your plays matters almost just as much as the critical thinking and the you know just actual validity of your plays themselves so yeah I just add that onto it. Etiquette needs to be practiced as well, so you don't get caught lacking when we have these time matches. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, and I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to do it, and I never do. And I just kind of like, and again, this is just because I never practice. But um, I build a sideboard, and I just yolo it in tournament. But the the appropriate thing to do is have a sideboard guide, make one, memorize it, and just know that when, it, like, like Chris was saying, if you are a blue deck going into a cell search matchup. You just know that game two, and this matters a lot because we are going into pre-sided games now. So you guys are going to have to side before the game and you guys get one minute to do so. Now, I don't think anyone's going to rule shark you if you take a minute, like an extra 20 seconds or whatever. But, uh, you know, that's something you guys are going to need to know. Uh, You're going to need to start understanding your sideboards. So have your sideboard guide and understand that, yeah, you can have a ton of cards in your sideboard, but you need to pull cards out of your deck to put them in. So understand what those cards are before you're sitting at a critical point in a tournament, and it could mean between the difference between winning or losing the game, or the match. Heck yeah! Moving on to his non-serious question, because of course he had to have one. <laughs> uh, you got to make a team of Dragon Ball characters for your favorite sport. Who are you picking and why? Um, I don't think it. You, you don't even really have to try it, like you have to include Yamcha on your team. It doesn't what? matter what sports you are. Yeah, dude. What? He's slower yeah. than, like... Yeah, yeah. of course, Yamcha's your guy if you're playing against humans. Nah, nah, nah. See, here's the thing. You get Vegeta on a football team. Vegeta's gonna tackle somebody to death on an accident. Goku is going to throw a baseball and it's going to shatter somebody's hand. And there are going to be questions. You might get somebody thrown out. Like, there are things like that. I'm instantly drafting Yamcha and Gohan and Krillin because those three will understand that they need to play within a certain realm to be effective and not draw suspicion. Yamcha is striking out every person that gets up to bat because he is using the spirit ball technique to alter the trajectory of his balls. They're like, yo, that's a huge curveball. How did that happen? Yamcha's like, it's all in the throw. But in reality, this dude just curved this fucking ball like it's wanted. And like, it, you you have to do that. Like, I'm not just going to draft half the Z fighters because I think they would get out of hand and get me in trouble. I, I think you just need Gohan. Gohan is the legendary Harvard Super Saiyan, so. <laughs> like, that like, is facts. Like, it's like, you just got to compare, right? Like, I guess if you're drafting a Dragon Ball, like, sport team like maybe you're going up against people who are 
of the same caliber as the Z fighters. And then like, okay, then like maybe we have something interesting going on there. And then at that point, I think you just have to stick to the smart characters, right? Because when it comes to sports and like, if everyone is like 99 overall that's across every single stat at that point, it's more so how you play the game versus the actual numbers, right? Like, I don't, I don't care how much stronger Goku is in, in a lot of situations. If you can outmaneuver, I'll play him and outforce his momentum to throw him out of the field. Well, guess what? You're out of bounds, bro. So I think on that front, you just take the smart characters and then you just kind of run with it. But even then, it's like, it's just so like the scaling so bad in Dragon Ball. <laughs> so just some characters scale so incredibly beyond any of the other characters. It's just kind of like, why? So, you know, and very much why the show is Vegeta and Goku show, because it is every other character exists to delay the clock until they show up. So like, watch, watch the, watch this, uh, the new Dragon Ball super superhero movie be where goku and vegeta come in at the end to save the day <laughs> as much watch it be gohan's movie and then they cuck him by making vegeta save the day like he did in like resurrection f or goku did where they just oh well let's reverse time and uh blow frieza <laughs> all i know is that uh they're releasing more and more little blurbs and home dog skizzy straight up has uh has said that uh that in this movie they really, really wanted to focus on the master-student relationship of Gohan and Goku, or Go Gohan and Piccolo, plus, uh, you know, Pan just being Pan. Like, actually in there. And I'm like, all right, I dig it, but like, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I do want to say, like, in terms of feats, though, like, you know, Vegeta's out here doing his thing, seeing Jiren's punches. You're seeing Goku clearing his mind and all this stuff. And then Gohan, on another level, again, this is the sort of strength you two can gain by going to college. Gohan was blinded by poison gas. And he expanded his key across the entire field and was literally feeling the feedback from his key. This man made a key sonar to beat Lavender's ass. I don't care what like that IQ play, dude. Like if Gohan was just actually strong at the same time, he would he would body the rest of the cast. Like that that brain power was ridiculous. Oh my gosh, that was crazy to me. That was that was absolutely <laughs> crazy to me. I was like, wow, that's smart. <laughs> that's super smart. True, true. I'll, I'll give him that. I just it just feels like to me that whenever you give him an achievement you also have to remember that he got strong by meditating on a rock for like half a day and his muscle mass like tripled uh, it was, the, worst <laughs> was, the worst part was it was uh it wasn't even like it, it it's almost worse than that like it literally is almost worse than that because like we want to say he meditated on a rock um but like that episode was horrendous he literally came out and was like I'm going to fight you, Piccolo. And Piccolo is like, all right, show me how strong you can get. And Gohan goes to Super Saiyan 2, not even going to talk about how much of a plot hole it is. And then Piccolo chokes him out. Meaning that somehow, from then till now, Piccolo has obtained strength beyond a Super Saiyan 2 out of shape Gohan, which again was wild. He, his power creep wasn't as strong as 17s, but I'm still kind of like, what? And then <laughs> we get to a point where they are in the rain and Piccolo dead ass, the conversation was, Gohan, Yes, Piccolo, there was a point where you weren't a bitch. Yes, Piccolo, 
become that not bitch again. Yes, Piccolo. And then the dude hits a form that's over 20 years old, but it made a hole in the ozone layer like it was brand spanking new. And, and bam, he, he's now able to throw hands with Super Saiyan Blue Goku. I said, what? <laughs> all this talk about Gohan slacking on this training and all Piccolo had to do was like, remember when you whooped Cell's ass? Yeah, remember when you whooped Boo's ass? Yeah, do it again. And Gohan was like, you're right. And I'm like, bro, like, away. <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather see 17's off-screen ass pool than this. Like, and I'm a Gohan <laughs> fan. Like, like excuse me. Uh, oh, it's just it's and it's a shame because I love Gohan, but it's just so it's just so uh, uh character development in Dragon Ball is just trash. It's just it is it it is not why we watch the show. <laughs> Gohan could gain Gohan could gain the Kaioken next episode. <laughs> And they would give it the production value of Goku using Ultra Instinct sign for the first time. Like, I've, I've just noticed this. Like, Gohan went Super Saiyan 2 in the World Tournament Arena. That scene is a two-page scene in the manga. Two pages. It's just, you want to see something beyond Super Saiyan? Could be dope. Oh, yeah. And then he just powers up. In the anime, Toei was like, blow up the stadium. But it's really not the stadium. I said, blow up the fucking stadium. <laughs> and then, like, that's that. And then we literally get the same thing for, like, for uh, Ultimate Gohan. They were like, all right, he's going to get Ultimate Gohan. That's going to be pretty cool. They are like, okay, but what if, like, it took five minutes and we literally back up to a global view and it, like, literally changes the weather? Like, uh, it, it changes the weather and it just literally puts a hole in the ozone and they're like i don't see why we shouldn't another dude's in the background like well because it's really not that serious like goku goes super saiyan blue and it doesn't change the weather so why would gohan you're fired hideyaki what (laughs) like but but what you're fired i said pack up your shit and leave like it's it's wild just looking at the forms that don't cause that amount of effect on the planet and then watching gohan's bum ass form from the boo saga (laughs) change the weather i'm like you know what i'll take it it's a gohan episode i'll take it Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah so those were the questions from the sc mailbag of course if you guys want to ask us a question answer on there then just tweet us with the hashtag sc mailbag or ask us on our discords and we'll get to them live on air but with that said, that was our biggest topic of today. The ban list, of course, the big hot topic that everyone wants to talk about that we've been talking about. And I'm actually surprised we got it as early as we did. Um, I really thought they were going to hold on to it. But hey, at least now we get to prep for DBS Fest properly. <coughs> and I'm excited to see what people will take to these tournaments and uh, what we can do with them. Yeah, to like add on to you, I think it was a good move. Like I understand what you were saying about preserving the freshness of the format. But um. These best in one pre-side games, I'm not sure if I would fly to Texas or Miami with only a week to week or two to understand how this format shapes up. And then in the same week or two, figure out my perfect 15, knowing each fight is going to be a single shot. Howard. <laughs> that, that's scary to me. <sighs> That's uh yeah that's fair that's fair i, I get it I, I think competitively it's it's the most fair thing it's just i'm thinking as a casual when i think about the freshness of the format for sure yeah which is, which is fine i think i think both sides need to be respected from time to time so 
with that said, that's our podcast for the week, guys. Sorry for the late episode. Uh, both me and Chris kind of zonked out at 10 yesterday. <laughs> I completely forgot about it. But uh, with that said, Chris, what do you got lined up for this week? What can uh, people expect out of your out of your stuff? It's kind of the same as last week, to be honest. Um, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 I'll be looking over some of the cars going to this format. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of things. I just gotta figure out what it is. Barely figure out what it is. Um, on my end, it's uh more of the same. Uh, of course, I have a very fluctuating upload schedule at the moment, just because trying to balance. A lot of different things uh, between, you know, Dragon Ball and the My Hero stuff I've been doing lately. But uh, we'll be looking to go back to some discussion videos. I've got some topics pinned down. And oddly enough, those are the videos I spend the least amount of time editing. But they're the ones that get the best views. So maybe maybe I should just focus on doing more discussion content. <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, going to be running that on my end. And of course, we've got the Twitch streams. Uh, I have upgraded the Twitch stream. I've added some fun stuff. So if you guys want to check out the Thursday locals I do, you guys should definitely want to jump in. Uh, and I'll really be looking forward to uh, to showing you guys the new stuff on the stream. Sweet. Yeah. So with that said, guys, thank you very much for tuning in to the Super Combo Podcast. It's been Aspira and Chris coming at you. And of course, until we talk again next week, best of luck with your top decks. Yeah.